Welcome to A Great Big City News, episode 56. Today, coronavirus updates and the gates open in Central Park in 2005. Hi, I'm Trace Gilton, founder of A Great Big City. Starting out this week with an update on the coronavirus that's had some people concerned across the world. There have only been a few potential cases within the city, and as of this week, five of those cases are now shown to have been tested negative by the CDC, with only one potential case remaining. As of last week, it may have seemed like the virus was coming even closer as a cruise ship docked in Bayonne in New Jersey, and patients on board were tested for the virus. But after initial testing, only four patients were seen as possibly having the virus, and their samples were sent to the CDC, and now they've all tested negative also. No matter how long the outbreak lasts across the world, you can keep checking at greatbigcity.com health for the latest updates and figures about the number of cases across the world and the number of local cases. Thankfully, the city has remained relatively untouched by the disease with only one patient left with their test to be clarified by the CDC, and the nearest confirmed cases are still only in Massachusetts and in Toronto, Canada. Across the country, there are 12 cases, with no new cases having been added since February the 5th. One patient separate from the cruise ship also remains under observation in New Jersey. People under observation are those who have recently traveled to areas where the virus is spreading or have had close contact with someone who has traveled to those areas. After evaluation, according to CDC healthcare guidelines, most people are shown to instead be suffering from the seasonal flu. If you haven't yet received your flu shot, contact the City Department of Health or call 311 and ask about flu shots. Not only will they protect you from the seasonal flu, but ensure that you won't also pass the virus on to others who may have compromised immune systems and may not be able to deal with it as easily as you. Also developing at the end of last week were two brazen shootings seemingly targeting NYPD officers, beginning with an attack on two uniformed officers sitting in an NYPD van in the Bronx who were shot around 8.30 p.m. when the attacker walked up, began a conversation, and then pulled out a gun. The next day, the suspect also walked into the 41st precinct just a few blocks away from the first shooting and opened fire on the officers and one civilian who were inside the precinct. He then put the gun on the floor and surrendered. The suspect has a lengthy, violent criminal history, and although the investigation is still ongoing, he's suspected in both of the shootings. Sixty-four years ago, on February 8, 1956, Eastern Air Flight 663 swerves to avoid an oncoming aircraft and crashes near Jones Beach, killing all 84 people on board. The Douglas DC-7 faced an oncoming Boeing 707 and both aircraft banked to the right to avoid an apparent collision. The crew aboard the Boeing aircraft later reported that the planes missed each other by somewhere between 200 and 500 feet. The Eastern Air flight that was making a stopover at JFK Airport en route to Atlanta lost control after the evasive maneuver and crashed into the cold water. Although there was a large rescue operation of ships and helicopters, no survivors were found in the wreckage, which also quickly sank into the water. At the time, it was the fifth worst aviation accident in the United States, and a later investigation determined that the crew were disoriented by the emergency maneuver and could not recover. 
78 years ago on February 9, 1942. The SS Normandy catches fire and capsizes into the Hudson River. The ship had been docked at Pier 88 along the Hudson River, near the present-day cruise ship terminal at 46th Street. The luxury ocean liner had been seized from France days after the Pearl Harbor attack and was being converted into a U.S. military ship. A spark from a welding torch reportedly lit a fire that burned for three and a half hours since the ship's fire suppression system had been disabled during reconstruction. The 1,029-foot ship became inundated with water, and the extra weight caused the ship to tip over, eventually capsizing early the next morning. After a year of laying sideways at Pier 88, the ship was stripped of parts and righted, although it was found to be too damaged to continue the conversion, and was sold as scrap metal, being completely dismantled just six years after the U.S. had seized it, and having never sailed it as a U.S. ship. Fifty-two years ago, on February 11, 1968, Madison Square Garden opens on the site of the old Pennsylvania Station. The once grand structure of Old Penn Station had begun being demolished in October 1963, just five years before the eventual opening of Madison Square Garden. When demolition of the Old Penn Station began, outcry from architects and the public led to the passage of a city landmarks preservation act is two years later that aimed to prevent other historic sites from also being lost due to lack of proper oversight although the loss of old pin station is generally seen as tragic the reality at the time was that the massive building had become too expensive to maintain as rail profits decreased which led to parts of the building being hastily repaired over the years and some areas blocked off from public access Relinquishing the rights to the above-ground station came with the promise of a new underground station at no cost to the railroad operators. It was the Landmarks Preservation Commission, formed as a result of the demolition of Penn Station, that would save Grand Central Terminal from a similar fate just two years later. In an effort to recreate the splendor of the original Penn Station, Amtrak is redeveloping a part of the nearby post office into Moynihan Station, an open-air train station that will have a skylight nearly the size of Grand Central Terminal's main ceiling. The new construction will serve as Amtrak and Long Island Railroad customers and is expected to be completed in 2021. Back in April 2019 on episode 19 of the podcast, I first talked about the possibility of a tower rising above Macy's in Herald Square. And this week, the speculation of the tower moved closer to reality as the retail giant revealed new architectural renderings of a glass tower that could rise as much as 900 feet from the top of the classic Midtown store. Although the company announced the closing of 125 stores, including its corporate headquarters in Cincinnati, the plans for the new tower would capitalize on the prime location where the flagship store has stood since 1901. As it stands now, the Herald Square store has 1.25 million square feet of retail space, making it the largest department store in the United States, and another 1.25 million square feet of office space, and the proposed glass tower would add nearly 1 million more square feet to the property, which could be leased out to businesses looking for a midtown presence, or used as office space as the company consolidates down and moves executives in from Cincinnati.
Looking ahead, here are some annual upcoming events. February 10th is Tubishvat, a minor Jewish holiday celebrating the planting of new trees. On February 12th, Lincoln's birthday, in recognition of the 16th president's birth in 1809. February 14th is Valentine's Day. Aww. February 15th is Susan B. Anthony Day, celebrating a pioneer in securing a women's right to vote. And February 17th is Washington's birthday, in recognition of the first president's birth in 1732. Nine years ago, on February 11, 2011, Maxim Gelman begins a killing spree spanning two boroughs, killing four people and injuring five. The crime spree reportedly began after an early morning argument over the use of the family car, which led to the violent stabbing death of his stepfather. Maxim Gelman fled in the car and began a two-day spree of killings and carjackings that only ended once bystanders spotted him in the subway on an Uptown 3 train leaving Penn Station. They recognized him from his photo being shown on local media. The string of crimes resulted in the deaths of his stepfather, Alexander Kuznetsov, a female acquaintance, Yelena Bolchenko and her mother, Anna Bolchenko, and Stephen Tannenbaum, who was struck and killed as Gelman sped off from one of the carjackings. During his frantic escape, he injured an unidentified crossing guard, Arthur D. Crescento, who was stabbed and carjacked, Fritz Fullerton, a livery cab driver, Sheldon Pottinger, who was also stabbed during the carjacking, and Joseph Lazito, a ticket seller at Lincoln Center, who was stabbed multiple times in the face, hands, and neck as he helped to subdue Gelman in the subway. Gelman was disruptive throughout his court appearances, shouting and interrupting witnesses, but was deemed stable enough to stand trial and received a 200-year prison sentence. In the years after the attack, Joseph Lazito, who helped subdue Gelman, would attempt to sue the city for negligence, accusing the police who were present in the subway car with him for refusing to step in and help him when he was fighting with Gelman after being stabbed but a judge ruled that Lazito did not have a prior interaction with the police, and there was no evidence they knew he was in danger, so he could not proceed forward with his lawsuit against the city. Fifteen years ago, on February 12, 2005, the gates opened in Central Park. Opening day was celebrated with a ceremony throughout the day, where the vinyl fabric for each of the 7,503 gates was individually unfurled. The 23-mile-long art installation was only displayed for 16 days, but became one of New York City's most memorable public art installations. Outdoor artists Christo and Jean-Claude self-financed the project at an estimated cost of $21 million, which included cost incurred over a 26-year planning process and a $3 million donation to the Central Park Conservancy. The gates were 12 feet tall and constructed in various widths to match Central Park's walking paths, from the narrowest at 8 feet 6 inches to the widest at 18 feet. The gates set on large bases weighing from 615 to 837 pounds that were not anchored into the ground because an agreement with the city required that no modification be made to the park. Concerns over damage to the park had led three prior mayoral administrations to reject the proposal. 
After the two-week display, the gates were removed and recycled, with some pieces of the saffron material becoming souvenirs included with a later book. Forty-five years ago on February 13, 1975, a three-alarm fire burns in the World Trade Center North Tower for three hours. The fire began on the 11th floor and spread to floors 9 through 14. The cause was undetermined, but the fire seemed to start underneath a desk in the 11th floor record storage room of B.F. Goodrich. The fire reinvigorated calls for the towers to install fire-suppressing sprinkler systems, which would be required under New York law, but were not installed during the construction of the World Trade Center since it was a Port Authority building and technically exists outside the jurisdiction of the New York Fire Code. The original World Trade Center would go on to be attacked in a terrorist bombing in February 1993, and the two towers were completely destroyed in the September 11th attacks. The Great Big City has been running a 24-hour news feed since 2010, but the AGBC News Podcast is just getting started and we need your support. The Great Big City is built on a dedication to explaining what is happening and how it fits into the larger history of New York, which means thoroughly researching every topic and avoiding clickbait headlines to provide a straightforward, honest, and factual explanation of the news. Individuals can make a monthly or one-time contribution at agreatbigcity.com support, and local businesses can have a lasting impact by supporting local news while promoting products or services directly to interested customers listening to this podcast. Visit greatbigcity.com slash advertising to learn more. The Great Big City is more than just a news website. Every evening, just before sundown, a Great Big City checks the Empire State Building's lighting schedule and sends out a notification if the tower's lighting will be lit in special colors for a holiday or celebration. Follow a Great Big City on social media to receive the alerts. Park of the Day Barreto Point Park Located on the East River waterfront in Hunts Point in the Bronx, Barreto Point Park has facilities for fishing, boating, volleyball, basketball, a playground, and even a floating public pool that's made out of a barge and floats off the coast of Barreto Point Park. In parks events, take the kids to Bronx Winterfest, coming up this Saturday, February the 15th. The 10th annual Bronx Winterfest at Brady Playground in the Bronx will showcase winter sports, dance performances, games, prizes, and more. Create puppets with the New York City Parks Marionette Theater, practice hockey skills, sing some songs, and learn about the city's wilderness from the urban park rangers. The event is free and starts at 11 a.m. on Saturday, February 15th. Call 718-543-8672 for more information. Now let's see where our robot friend will be skating off to this week on the concert calendar. Here's the AGBC concert calendar for the upcoming week. Mr. Bungle is playing Brooklyn Steel on Monday, February 10th and Tuesday, February 11th. The Used and Dragged Under are playing Gramercy Theatre on Tuesday, February 11th. Johanna, Bluish, and Houses are playing Transpecos on Tuesday, February 11th. Tovlo and Alma are playing Brooklyn Steel on Wednesday, February 12th. Treads, Desert Sharks, Glass Slipper, and Kissed by an Animal are playing the Gutter Bar on Thursday, February 13th. 
the Lumineers and Mountjoy are playing Barclays Center on Thursday February 13th and Friday February 14th at 7pm. Mark Anthony is playing Madison Square Garden on Thursday February 13th at 8pm. Blood Incantation, Artificial Brain, and Dysrhythmia are playing St. Vitus Bar on Friday February 14th. Belbe DeVoe with Monica, Fantasia, and Escape are playing the Prudential Center on Friday February 14th at 8pm. Josh Groban is playing Radio City Music Hall on Friday February 14th at 8pm. Habibi is playing the Market Hotel on Saturday February 15th. Falling in Reverse, Escape the Fate, and The Word Alive are playing Webster Hall on Saturday February 15th at 6pm. Ween is playing Terminal 5 on Saturday February 15th at 8pm. Alexandra Xavier are playing Mercury Lounge on Tuesday February 18th. Post Malone and Sway Lee are playing the Prudential Center on Tuesday February 18th at 8pm. Bat for Lashes is playing the Town Hall on Wednesday February 19th. Chief Keefe is playing the Knockdown Center on Thursday February 20th. And Sloan is playing the Bowery Ballroom on Thursday February 20th. Thanks for listening. Find more fun things to do at agreatbigcity.com slash events. Here's something you may not have known about New York. 95% of the city's water supply is delivered via gravity, since it's stored upstate in reservoirs at a higher elevation than the city. Extreme highs and lows for this week in weather history, both on February 15th and not too far apart. The 73 degrees on February 15th, 1949 must have felt pretty good to those who remembered six years earlier when it was negative 8 degrees on February 15, 1943. Weather for the week ahead? Light rain through Thursday, with highs in the 40s and 50s, but dropping down sharply on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Thanks for listening to A Great Big City. Follow along 24 hours a day on social media at A Great Big City, or email contact at agreatbigcity.com with any news, feedback, or topic suggestions. Subscribe to A Great Big City News wherever you listen to podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, Player FM, or listen to each episode on the podcast pages at agreatbigcity.com slash podcast. If you enjoy the show, subscribe and leave a review wherever you're listening, and visit our podcast site to see show notes and extra links for each episode. Our intro and outro music is Start the Day by Lee Rosphere, and the concert calendar music is from jukedeck.com. Thanks for being part of a great big city.